Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. I'm Anastasia Adams, and together with my awesome business partner, Jody, we run Rise Women, a business dedicated to helping women learn practical confidence-building techniques. So before we get started today, I'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening to our podcast. We love your feedback and hope you're getting lots of value and insights, especially from all of our amazing interviews. So today's episode is one that I've been looking forward to for a very long time because it's an interview that I've wanted to hold ever since we began this podcast. Today's guest is Marina Pasolaris from Beautiful Minds. Marina is an author, presenter and entrepreneur and she's the founder of Beautiful Minds, which is Australia's leading provider of mental fitness and life skills for pre-teen and teenage boys and girls. Beautiful Minds delivers workshops to thousands of Australian teens and their parents and in 2019 alone they visited 935 schools and delivered 170 one-day events and retreats nationally. I mean, these kinds of numbers mean that they are impacting thousands of children and their families, and I am fortunate enough to be one of them. So three years ago, my daughter attended one of their preteen workshops, and about a month ago, she attended the Teen Girl Workshop, and I can't even begin to tell you what an amazing impact it had on her. The workshop she attended dealt with issues such as bullying and friendships and relationships, uh, the changing female body, building self-esteem, and of course, confidence. And the techniques she was taught have helped her in so many areas of her life. Plus, they're interspersed with so much fun, like they make flower crowns, they do hula hooping, they have music lessons. Um, And the beauty of it was my daughter left each of these workshops just feeling inspired and empowered and confident and happy. And she was absolutely thrilled when she was asked to attend a preteen workshop recently as a trial youth leader. Uh, I am just amazed at the work that Marina does through Beautiful Minds and I cannot wait for her to tell us all about her inspiration and driving force behind this incredible organisation. I know this episode will include so many eye-opening insights and practical techniques for mums to share with their children. So without any further ado, I'd love to introduce you all to the remarkable Marina Pasolaris. Hi, Marina. What a a wonderful intro. Good morning, Anastasia. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? (laughs) That was gorgeous. I'm well, and I'm so honoured to be here. I absolutely love the work that you and Jodie do with Wise Women. So uh, it's a a real honour to be able to contribute to your audience members this morning. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So to get started, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? What inspired Beautiful Minds and why are you so passionate about it? Look, I uh, I started Beautiful Minds 17 years ago, uh, almost 17 years ago, and, you know, you can appreciate that back then uh, there was no mental health workshops for young people and there weren't groups going into schools having these really uh, challenging conversations with young people. Mm. And I, you know, initially started it because I just saw such a need in the work that I was doing at that time. So... I was working and had worked for many years as a a model booker in some of the top modeling agencies around the world. And we were getting predominantly young people coming through the door that were 13, 14 and 15 that had their hopes set on being on the front cover of Vogue and doing, you know, Victoria's Secrets (laughs) shows and all that sort of stuff. And they would confide in me and they would talk to me about the struggles that they had. And I actually um, immigrated to Australia and I was working with an amazing agency at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And I sat down the agency owner one day and I said, look, we're getting young people that are coming to us and presenting issues such as eating disorders and self-harm and um, toxic relationships and a number of things, anxiety, the list went on and on. And I said, we're not supporting them. So why don't we look at writing a program for them that they do before we then send them out to a casting or, or to a client? And she sort of looked at me, and I, I'll never forget it. She looked at me, she looked completely blanked, and then she said, why would we do that? She said, I only care about what they look like. Oh, my God. And I can and imagine knowing, knowing what I know about you and, and your, your driving force, that would have hurt to hear that. It did. Look, it did hurt and it made me realize in that moment that I'd spent years and years in an industry that wasn't aligned with my values and wasn't Mm -hmm. aligned with where I wanted to go. And so I took a real gamble. I never looked at Beautiful Minds as being this, you know, juggernaut of of a company that it is today. I really just thought I would do my bit in the community and do something that I wanted to jump out of bed of every single morning and actually give back. And that's really how it started. Wow. That's amazing, and it's um, I, I love the name Beautiful Minds because, as you said, there there is so much emphasis, especially for young girls, on image, and and mm. physical appearance, and the fact mm. that we're encouraging beauty in another form for these girls is just beautiful. Mm, absolutely, um, yeah. So, tell me, what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? Great question. I think when you when you think about confidence, for me, it's really just being okay with who I am every yeah. single day and I think also understanding as a as a, a female that it's actually okay if people don't like you the yes. way that you are you know you we're such people pleasers as as, as women and uh, I think just teaching our girls to just stand true to who you are that is such incredible um, that gives them the ability to really just do them the best that they can so it's about creating a sense of self-belief that regardless Mm. of what you look like Mm. or what you do or your body Mm. shape or what your interests or talents or skills are, you are enough. And you're more than enough. Absolutely. And you know what? You're not going to please everybody and not everyone is going to get you. But if you're a good person, then you need to just be okay with that. Um, And and that's the most important thing. And that's confidence at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you work with hundreds of teenage girls all of the time. And I'm sure you've had a lot of contact with their parents as well. So what recurring Mm -hmm. themes do you see coming up for your girls when it comes to their lack of confidence in particular? Number one for girls, I think, is definitely they are so terrified of being judged. They have this fear that uh, people aren't going to like them, mm. uh, that people aren't going to accept them because they are possibly not accepted within you know, peer, peer pockets at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also see a lack of confidence within their parents. And I think it's a, a great reminder for all of our listeners today that you know, as, as adults and, and as aunties and parents and whoever you know you have a, have around you as a young person young young people do mirror the behavior that they see around them yes and and so that's something that we see a lot as well and uh i think at the end of the day all young girls just want to feel beautiful and accepted yeah so it is about um modeling the behavior that we want to see in our girls because the truth is teenagers just by nature don't really listen you can tell them what you want and they may or may not do it but if they see it and then they believe it, they're more likely exactly. to, to model that behavior. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. What would you recommend then for young girls who are constantly living with this debilitating fear of judgment and what others will think of them? Because it's everywhere. It's in social media. Mm. It's with their peers. I think it's with Mm. their parents as well. There's so much social pressure on them. Mm, There is. And look, I'm glad that you just mentioned social media because my number one tip would be just limit the amount of social media time that your daughter or son uh, is uh, engaging with because that content... It's just it's a huge waste of time for them and they are just playing this constant comparison game where they're just seeing other people in other people's worlds and then they're comparing it to their own world and it doesn't matter how privileged they are, they always feel that they need to be more and to... Um, to, to have more. So that's the, the, that's the first thing. And the other thing that I would recommend is try and get your young person to do something within their community where they feel valued. You know, being a part of something bigger than yourself, which is when you mentioned your beautiful daughter came back and she was a youth leader with us at Beautiful oh, she Minds. she loved it so much. Did she? Yeah. Oh, good. And and that's our aim for these these young people to come back and be part of a community, to feel like they've got friends outside of their school environment, to feel that they're helping other people, which will automatically raise their confidence and make them feel that they're actually needed within this world. Yeah. And I guess it gives the, a, um, a sense of purpose that things like social media Mm. and maybe at their age, you know, even homework, they they don't have that sense of purpose at that young age. But if it's instilled in you early on, I suppose it gives you Mm. a focus other than more superficial things. And, you know, it's so interesting because when I was uh, really young and I'm talking six, seven, eight years of age, we lived in South Africa mm-hmm. and my mum was very much involved in community projects and, and did some incredible, incredible work. Uh, and she used to make us volunteer as children in two different um, organizations. We used to work for the RSPCA. So mm-hmm cleaning out all the animal uh, cages on the weekend and taking the the homeless dogs for walks and doing all of that. And that's what we did every Saturday and Sunday. Um, And then once a week on a Wednesday, we would go and work uh, as children in an orphanage. And we would uh, literally just simply dish up food for kids and talk to, to the young people that were in the orphanage. And I remember feeling as a child so, um, so valued, yeah. Because I always felt that the animals needed me and I needed to show up for them and that the children needed me and I needed to show up for them. And I think if we can give those to kids in some way, it will make a world of difference because you don't tend to go through huge depression if you feel like you're a valued part of the community. Yeah, because a, a lot of that um, feeling of depression comes from, uh, for this age group in particular, comes from a lack of self-worth, mm. right? Mm. That, that, that mm. they don't have anything to offer, that nobody cares Exactly. Um, that's amazing. And, and, that no one, and that no one will miss them if they're yeah. not here. But, but that's where you've got to build that, those walls around them, almost that sort of success identity so mm. that they feel completely secure in their world. And it doesn't happen automatically, does it? We can't just assume that that no. will be created. We need to work hard at making no. that happen for them because they won't naturally and instinctively move towards that. Definitely not. And I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, parents are doing such an incredible job, but it really is that beautiful saying, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child. It's, yeah. it's getting getting your young people into a, a, in front of a whole lot of inspirational people uh, and people that are doing cool things that can kind of spread their mind and, and, and inspire them. Yeah. And, and I think it would give them an amazing sense of perspective too. Yeah. Um, mm. Because, mm. you know, you know, there's a lot of entitlement going around at the moment. And if you mm. eliminate that by showing them that, you know, oh, what you have is amazing, but look at all the people who don't have what you have and mm. getting, giving them the opportunity to sort of stand in their shoes mm. um, and, and really 
get a sense of what's valuable in life and what isn't. You know, fancy mm. cars and fancy mm. clothes. There's no value in that if you're not if you don't have a bigger purpose. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you've just answered my next question on social media and oh, devices, <laughs> which is great um, because the question was around, um, you know, I, I remember when my daughter went to your workshops, they're phone-free zones. So mm. you get there and you say, you know, hand your phones over to your mums. And I remember the look on her face was just sheer terror. She's like, what, what do you mean? I can't be without my phone. How will I survive? That's my lifeline. It's gone. Um, but she loved it. She loved being off the grid. She loved being unplugged yeah. for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And, and I could see it when she came out, you know, like if she's away from her phone sometimes, as soon as she's ready to get back onto it, she's instantly looking for it. But mm-hmm. being away from it and having um, exposure to different you know, empowering exercises, she wasn't looking for it when she came out. She wasn't interested. No. Um, no. And I love that you enforce this rule so diligently. Um, oh look, we it, it's we're pretty hardcore with it, and we yeah. had girls at the front of our, particularly when they've got to stay uh, with us for three days, and we don't allow them their phone. We have the resistance at that front door is unbelievable. We have teenage girls swearing at us. We have tears. We have parents bargaining with us. It's quite extraordinary, yeah. uh, you know, m- moving into a space, even though they've signed a waiver to say this is the experience that you're going to have with us. There is that real kind of fear that kicks in. But, you know, we're doing a lot of work at the moment with um, both Stanford University and Harvard. And Mm -hmm. a really big thing that's happening in the U.S. in in, uh, mental health is that dopamine fast where you just you, you need to get off your mobile devices in order to calm that monkey mind, to be super present in the in the here and now. And, uh, and the other re- reason we take the phone away from young people is we do not want them to get pulled back into their family agenda because mm-hmm. there's that, that moment where we are immersing them in our content and in our experiences for three days or one day, depending on how long they come, and we don't want the drama from home or the, um, that to kind of disconnect them. We want them to be 100% with us in our content. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's no other way to have them engaged, right? If they've constantly no. got distractions coming through. Um, oh. I'm curious to find mm. out just from your perspective, because as you said, I'm sure you've seen this many, many times. It, it's played out so many times at the beginning of each of your events. Mm. Um, I often find that if I take the phone off my daughter or my son even, um, it, it doesn't take as long as I expect it to take for them to get over it. They'll have a bit of a winch to start with and then as soon as they find something else to do, it's like they never had it. They're fine with it. So what do you find is the catalyst for switching that over? Because I know a lot of parents, and me included, you take the phone off or you switch off devices or you switch off screens and then you have to deal with that whinge and that, you know, the complaints and the complete, I'm not going to do anything now that you've taken my devices off me. Um, And then we often give in, right, because we don't want to have to deal with that. What do you find is the biggest or the best way to – get them away from their phone and engaged in something else? Is it um, making them laugh? Is it giving them a different activity to do? It's giving them a different activity to do and having something set up because you're, you're essentially pulling away almost drugs from a drug addict, right? Yes. They are so addicted to it. And so there's got to be some experience, something that's, that's going to be exciting for them to do that they know that they're then going to step into. So, I think at the end of the day, I know this sounds a bit harsh, but parents need to parent 
in a much more strict kind of set up boundaries way where yeah. it is. And it, 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 look, we know it's hard. I mean, I, I'm often the one that's pulling the phones off these kids when they come to us yeah. um, and, and getting the resistance, but you can't back down. And it's one of those things that if they know that you back down once or twice, they know that they can work you over in They've the future. Set a pre- yeah, a precedent's been set. Absolutely. So it's about saying, you know, today we're going to go and have a picnic together as a family and everyone is leaving their phone at home. Yeah. Or we're going to go and watch a movie and for two hours we're just going to be a family. Mm. And so those those sorts of things are really important. I don't think it's something you can take the phone off a young person and then just allow them to sit in their room for three hours because that's going to really not not do anything for anybody. I, I suppose it would just make them more resentful because they're thinking about all the messages they're getting from their friends that we're not Definitely. allowing them to respond to. So it is Absolutely. about being prepared, which I understand because mm. often uh, we react in the moment. We'll mm. take it off them because they've done something or they've said something and it's a, a mm. response to their behaviour and then we're not ready for the, the outburst. Mm. So we will and, get and in. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, an example for our retreats is we, we take the phones off them. We know that it's going to be off them for three days. So we know they, they're hitting in, they're going to hit into that really, really huge anxiety um, yeah. space. And so we get them straight through the door and straight into um, this kind of biodegradable glitter um, bar that they get to put glitter and stones on. And then they go straight outside and they do um, a movement belly dance session oh, uh, in the it. grass. Yeah. And it's high energy. And then that night we do a bonfire with fire breathers and fire twirlers. So there's Amazing. just these really magnificent ways to kind of remind them that looking at what they're seeing in front of them is the most powerful place to be right now. Yeah, and not watching it through a screen. And I like what you said mm-hmm. about um, uh, when we create these activities and we're prepared for them, um, we all need to comply, right? It, it's mm-hmm. no good if I tell my children to get off their phone while I'm looking at my screen. No, because they're it, it not listening works. to what I'm saying. They're looking no. at what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and, and I get called on it sometimes where I will say Do to them, you? get off your phones. <laughs> and I'll, because, you know, the, the way the world is today, my emails for work are on my phone and something mm. will pop through. And I go, oh, no, no, I'm just checking this for work. And they go, really, mum? Okay, I see that. So mm. I, I get called on my behavior. Um, and that's when I see the value of it's not do as I say, it's do as I do. Mm. Um yeah, I, I find that really interesting um, and it's a great reinforcement that we do need to be harder on them because the fact is we parents haven't dealt with this before. It's all very new for no. us too um, mm. and we want mm. to give our children everything and we want to you know, give them as much as we can but by mm. giving them access to certain things that they shouldn't have as much of, I think we're taking away from them in a way. Well, look, they've got a very adult device in their hands Mm. and it's almost like they've been given the keys to a motor car before they've turned 18. Yeah. They haven't they haven't done their learners. They haven't done the the work, and there's no you know book on 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 support for parents on how to best handle this. So at the end of the day, we've got to be very mindful that the kids that we are seeing in today's world have access to pornography within two seconds, really. Yeah. Um, they've got access to some really toxic content on their phones. So as adults, we have to be the gatekeepers for that and and set some really solid um, boundaries at home that yeah. our whole family adheres to. Yeah, absolutely. And then mm. I think once they see the value of reconnecting with people and that relatedness that they get from family activities and family time or actual mm. physical time with friends, if mm. you want to talk to your friend, don't get on the phone and you know FaceTime with them. I'll take you to their house for an hour. And you can once they start mm. to re-appreciate the value in that, I think it almost becomes easier for them and then in turn easier for us. 
Mm, couldn't agree with you more. Right. So I've got um, – this is a tricky one. So when starting high school and just throughout high school, girls are often faced with a lot of negativity and judgment, anxiety and peer pressure, a lot of things that come with, you know, the hormones of being a teenager. So in your opinion and having worked with so many teenage girls over the years, what do you think is one of the most important things that mothers can do or parents in general can do to support their daughters when it comes to building their confidence when faced with these sorts of issues? You know, we've touched on it a little bit today, but I do definitely um, want to say that, you know, just reminding mothers that mm -hmm. they need to show their daughters that they actually like themselves as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, be the woman that you want your daughter to be. I yeah. think that's really powerful. So if you don't want your daughter to be unkind and bully other people and not be that toxic friend, yeah. show her what a good friend looks like. Yes. If you want your daughter to have healthy relationships, make sure that you respect yourself enough in the relationships that you are in, that you're choosing to be in. If you want your daughter to be financially savvy, talk to her at a young age about the importance of standing on her own two feet and not relying on anyone else financially in life. Yeah. It's, it's layers upon layers upon layers. And I think just really spending some quality time with your daughter where you make one day a week, one day a month, it doesn't matter when it is, but have a date day or a date night where the two of you go off and you spend time together and remind her about the things that you really love about her and the things that you see within her that are so special because often as mothers we spend so much time yelling at our children yeah. <laughs> and, and highlight, highlighting the things that they're not doing right. And so I think taking those moments to appreciate what they're doing that is really working and the things that we're proud of. It doesn't matter how many times you, you know, as a young person you hear that, it sets you up for a really beautiful, strong foundation of self-belief. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we all know that our brains are just automatically wired to believe the worst faster than we believe the best. So, you know, with Correct. all the hormones mm. and, and that volatile age that they're going mm. through at the moment, they will think mm. the worst the same way we mm. do as adults. I mean, we try to manage mm. it, but it's really hard to keep it in check, that little negative voice in our head. So mm. if we struggle as adults to manage that, imagine what a teenage girl is dealing with. Mm. Um, so she would need a lot more positive reinforcement than even a grown woman would, I suppose, just to have that reminder um, mm. that they are amazing and, and they do do so much right. We do focus mm. on what they've done wrong, but they do mm. so many things right. And they do – I learn from my daughter all the time. She just says things that to her doesn't seem that impactful. And I just go, oh, my God, that's mm. amazing that you even think that way. Mm. Um, yeah. So there is – yeah, there's a lot of beauty and power in that. Um, so there's, I'm not sure if you're aware, Jodie's written a book called Pumped, which I absolutely love. It's all about confidence techniques, you know, to help women stand taller in the world. Oh, but she ends the book with the most amazing chapter that I think should be turned into like a movie or something. It's called The Dream. And I've read it a hundred times and it always gives me goosebumps because it really, really beautifully describes what a world full of confident women would look like. Um, it's a really beautiful narrative of all these confident women interacting and how it just changes the dynamic of everyone around them. Um, and it's just magic. I love it. And in my interactions with you and with Beautiful Minds, I feel like your purpose is just so closely aligned with this type of dream. So tell me what magic is in store for you and for Beautiful Minds next and what is your extended vision for all teenage girls? That was the most divine description of that book. I need a copy of that. Uh, I will send you one because <laughs> it, it sounds, is, it, yeah, the book's incredible. amazing. That pa that ending is just, uh, it's mind-blowing. It gives me goosebumps every time. It's beautiful. 
And look, I love, I love the, you know, the word dream. Dream is such a special word because we should at, at all stages of life have dreams and set dreams and, you know, think about dreams. It's just such a special um, way to be and to keep that imag imagination live. So I guess, you know, answering your question, we're actually launching a really exciting digital arm for Beautiful Minds in 2021. Uh-huh. And I'm really excited to to be able to take this to to the world stage, so to speak, because it is the the easiest way for us to be able to get our content uh, into a number of different countries that we get, you know, inquiries every single week from people wanting our content, uh, whether it's in Canada or in the US or in the UK. So I'm excited to be able to have that digital space um, ready for the for for you know our consumers. And Wonderful. we're working, yeah. Well, look, we're working with some amazing people on that. My my partner Brendan uh, Redmakers uh, was a screenwriter and a producer many years for for Warner Brothers mm -hmm. and. He has pulled together the most exceptional global team of uh, experts, everyone from Fred Fuchs, who has won 11 Academy Awards uh, and, and created movies such as The Godfather and wow. uh, Virgin, Virgin Suicides and Dracula. Um, we're working with Colin Doncaster that uh, won you know, a couple of um, Academy Awards for his creations um, and, and his digital work in Avatar and Lord of the Rings. Oh, so, one of my favourites. Oh, is it? <laughs> I'm such a Lord of the Rings nerd. I love it. <laughs> It's, it's, so, so you're just, in very good hands there. We're in very good hands and we've got, you know, this wonderful team of global experts that we're working with, um, you know, Ryan Suave, uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who's the world's leading trauma expert, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is the world's leading neuroscientist. And so together with the, the exceptional digital uh, creative team, mm -hmm. And these brilliant minds that are doing um, outstanding work uh, in the world, we have created something pretty exceptional that I cannot wait to launch, which will, will be coming out in July 2021. <laughs> I can't wait to see that because I think um, the fact that it's global is amazing because it, the mm. whole world needs this. And this is exactly, you know, this, this is what the dream chapter is all about. It's about, mm. it's not... Not that it's not good enough, but it's not enough to just do it within our small communities. This message needs to get no. out to everybody. And I think it's so great that, yeah, you are going global because global domination is the way to go in 2021. Um, I but I love the fact that you're doing it digitally too because that will that's what's going to resonate the most with people. I mean, we, we have turned into a digital world, whether we like it or not, and it's circumstances, mm -hmm. but it, I think it was also a natural progression. We were getting there anyway. COVID just sped mm -hmm. up the process. Um, so that's wonderful to hear. I'm so happy to hear that for you. I can't wait to see what else is in store for Beautiful Minds. I'm actually um, uh, considering the Byron Bay retreat, the mother-daughter retreat coming up oh, next year. Jody's going to. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get a few friends together because I've just seen those pictures and I've read the reviews and yeah, I have a great relationship with my daughter and I think something like that would just strengthen it. It'd be amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, even for, for the mums that walk through those doors, not having their phone is mm. just going to be incredible. And it'll be, you know, bonfire nights and sessions in teepees and morning yoga. And it's just what we need. So uh, mm. it's an extraordinary uh, venue. Barron's, there's something really special in the air at Barron. And, uh, and they've been a huge hit, these retreats. So the feedback has been incredible. So we would love you to come along. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to it.
Mm. Okay, we so can do we, some, we can do some podcasts in the teepee. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yes, Jodie's face just lit up and went, yes, I want to do podcasts in teepees <laughs> Great, <laughs> around we'll the bonfire. We'll have to do a video podcast so people can get a visual too. That would be amazing. Go. Oh, my there God, go. I'm loving it already. Um, it's come time. We've come time to our final power question. So these are short, quick answers. First thing that comes to mind. Um, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Wonderful. What do you wish every woman knew? Oh, that she was enough. Love it. Okay, here's a good one. What is your superpower? Oh, I make the best cheesecake in the world. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> most people are like, I engage with people, I relate. And you're like, I make cheesecake. No, I make a kick-ass cheesecake. If anyone oh. ever is, is up for a good one. I that, love that. That's my thing. Because I am not a cheesecake maker. <laughs> I think I've tried it four times in my life and there were four epic fails. So I've given wow. up on the cheesecake. <laughs> I love that. Great superpower to have. Tell me your favourite quote or rule you live by. When in doubt, don't. Ah, I, like I think that. too often. I think too often as women, we just wait for you know we go and see clairvoyance and we wait for someone else to tell us what it is that we need to do. But you know, inside internally, every single one of us has the answers. So if there's yeah. that little little moment of doubt, it's not the right thing to do or not the right time. Right. It's about having like a self check, little mm. process. Cool. Mm. And trusting it. Yes, yes, trusting our instinct. If you know it's mm-hmm. not right, don't let yourself be pressured into doing something that you know you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, who inspires you and why? Oh, easy. My dad. Um, I, w- I would love to say both parents, mm-hmm. and they do, but definitely my father because he uh, is originally from, from Greece and uh, moved to South Africa not knowing how to speak the language and, you know, was not the most educated, school-educated man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he left school when he was about 15, and he just built this uh, huge empire. He went into property developing, and uh, he had a huge refrigeration company, and He's so smart. And I think as a parent, one thing he did right with us was he gave us so much advice and so much support, but he didn't give us any financial support. Right. And he's tough on us. We've Everything we've had to do, we've had to work for. Yeah. And uh, and I love that because he just want, he always wanted us to know the value of money because he came from nothing. And so uh, that's yeah. been, he's been, he's been my greatest teacher. That's amazing. Our fathers sound like they have very similar histories because my dad's also from Greece. Both my parents are. And mm. um, same, came out very young, didn't know the language, had to start again. My dad wasn't as young as yours, but he, um, mm. you know, he was educated in Greece and then came out here and started literally with nothing, like was, you oh. know, in uni there and then came here and drove a truck and started oh. from scratch. And I think their work yeah. ethic and that drive, uh, regardless of what they're doing, it is amazing. It's amazing to see because we know how difficult it is to make it in today's world when we have all, you know, every opportunity available to us. But to start from nothing, it mm. is inspiring. Mm, absolutely. That's beautiful. Mm. Okay, last one. Finish this sentence. If I could give every teenage girl a gift, it would be? The ability to see themselves the way those who love them do. Love it. Yeah, that is so mm. powerful and such a beautiful way to finish this mm. off. Mums, if you're listening and girls, um, that's exactly what we want for you. We want you to see yourselves as the capable, competent, beautiful, confident women that you all are. Marina Pasolaris, thank you so much for this amazing interview. I've had a ball. 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Loved talking to you. Thank you very much. And um, thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, We love having your feedback. We love having your interactions. Uh, We love that you listen, subscribe, share, click, do what you have to do. So please keep the love coming. Uh, with confidence anything is possible remember that women and we'll see you all again very soon thanks a lot bye bye for now